0: Welcome to the Recurring Wellness Podcast, diving into the world of chronic illness and autoimmunity, finding answers, and discovering ways to heal, recover, and live a better life naturally and holistically. I'm your host, Taylor Patterson. This show is for discussion purposes only and not intended to be taken as medical advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Recurring Wellness Podcast. This is episode number six. I'm your host, Taylor Patterson. Happy to be here, and today... Pretty exciting because we have our very first guest. So this got me pumped up. Uh, I've been waiting to get somebody on, sort of make it, make some more connections and help you guys explore the world of health, wellness, everything in that realm. Without further ado, this is a friend of mine, a colleague, and a mentor. This is Brendan Coates. Brendan, how you doing, man? Good, good,
1: good. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here.
0: Honestly, you and I talk quite a bit, and we're in the same field. Uh, and you know, we both have beards. We're both into fitness. We both love dogs, so you know, quite the parallels there. Uh, I think I got to work on my beard game a little bit, but we're getting into winter, so I'm going to let it go a little longer. You've always had a good beard. It's fun. It's fun to
1: have, and yes, we definitely have a kindred with uh, with our beard game for sure, and our fitness, and of course the dogs, and you know, you being obviously married to Sarah, and I've worked with Sarah, so it's it's been a nice long relationship.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the reason why you're my first guest because uh, we have a great connection and. So for those listening at home and people that are tuning in, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit about you. Sure. Absolutely. I am
1: a holistic nutritionist, clinical nutritionist, clinical means that I actually work with individuals and I'm not just uh, theorizing sort of thing. Uh, I've worked in two different uh, clinics for substance abuse. It's probably one of my most favorite fields to work in, working with individuals that are at a very low level, but they're coming to you with openness and an open heart, and they're really vulnerable. So being able to work with individuals with substance abuse, it's quite, quite rewarding. My main focus in clinical nutrition is uh, functional medicine. It's a term that's really starting to get used more and more prevalently now than ever was before. It's also known as orthomolecular medicine. It's also known as alternative medicine and holistic medicine and so forth, but basically it's just working with individuals, fixing their nutrition on a very basic level, but at the same time, a very complex level. I know that, you know, this guy that, uh, Bedros Kulin, he's the author of man up total alpha male dude. Uh, he's one of my business coaches and he just through one of our conversations, he's Brandon, you're not a nutritionist. You know what you are? You're the gut whisperer. And I just kind of like, listened. I was (laughs) like, Oh my God, that's right. I, I am the gut whisperer. Like no one knows gut health more than me.
0: And in my opinion, that is quite the handle and it's very fitting.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's really cool because I did not title myself that Bedros did and he's the man. So when, when, what he says goes and I happily accepted that title. So that's ultimately what I do now. I work with individuals who have gut imbalances, digestive issues, autoimmune conditions, as you've said it many, many times before to your audience and your tribe, the fundamental, the foundation of health really does start in the gut. And the, so that's where I always begin with people.
0: That's great. It's rewarding. I think working with uh, with people with any kind of, if it's substance abuse or if it's any kind of chronic illness, stuff like that, like people are, they're looking for help. They're looking for answers. They've probably tried the the medical system. You know, you got to give it a go. And unfortunately it's just not cut out for su- sustained success with people and, you know, functional medicine, which I've dug way into in the last few years now, thanks to meeting you and a couple other people, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a new world treating the whole body gut health being at the center of all that is, is incredible. What got you into it? What, what got you into gut health? What got you into sort of changing your think about health and fitness and stuff like that?
1: Mm -hmm. Actually, just talking about the functional medicine or sort of thing, and it's, it's new, but it's not it. In the, in, the, in the late 1800s in the United States, believe it or not, the United States was one of the healthiest nations in the world and they had a free market. And what that means is individuals had the ability to go see various types of individuals for treatments. So whether it's homeopathy or chiropractic or all, you name it. And then obviously when Rockefellers and big pharma came into play, that's when they've really monetized and really honed in on allopathic medicine. And that's what got rid of essentially functional medicine. And there's always those quacks, those, you know, wacko doctors that people were shunned, shunned by, by the medical uh, medical world, but they were ultimately functional medicine practitioners. So we've been here all along. Now it's finally starting to, you know, to be more appreciated because as you said, people are tired of Western medicine. And in my practice, generally, I'm always the last person people see. But I'm always somewhat the last person they see because they don't need to see anyone else after after working with me. They don't need any more help. So
0: that's a that's a good way of putting it. I, I actually use that because I've been a personal trainer for even the last seven years, eight years, and I always tell people I'm your last personal trainer. So yeah, that's kind of funny. You know, if it something works, then generally you don't need to go elsewhere numerous times to try to find more answers. And that sounds yeah. like that's what you're doing with your clients, right?
1: I, and I'm 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 trying. I'm not trying. I'm I'm really executing. I'm providing education. My goal is to make them independent from me. So during the course of the relationship of one month, two months, three months, however long it is that I'm working with individuals, I educate them. I want to provide them with so much resources that they really, really learn because so many times, and I'm sure that your audience can really relate to this. If you've tried a diet and you were successful, but then you fell back to your old habits, what was the reason? More times than not, people will say, oh, well, life happens. But the the underlying reason why is because they weren't taught. They weren't educated. They didn't really understand the mechanisms and the how-tos, how the foods reacted or so forth. But if you really have an understanding of nutrition, then you can't undo that information. You can't knowingly decide to drink pop or diet pop after you've been taught like in depth why pop and diet pop is so, so bad for you we're just told, we're just told don't drink it. And so people say, yes, coach, yes, coach, but they're not told why. And then when you finally understand like, oh my God, diet pop disrupts my gut microbiome diet pop can actually make me hold more fat diet pop can actually increase my blood sugar. What? So when you know that you can't go back.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's sort of like the take a man fishing feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, you know, he's fed for a lifetime. When you have the knowledge and the tools, you're going to make better choices. There's no doubt there. Obviously, when you're working with your clients, it's a process, right? It obviously takes time. And anybody that's learning about gut health, microbiome, just your immune system in general, you know, what, what do you think is generally the the biggest problem right now? Like the biggest problem people have when they come to you? What What seems to be problems you're solving right now? Well, certainly it's fair to say that
1: unless someone has done a significant overhaul on their diet and lifestyle then we can assume they have various degrees of intestinal permeability also known as leaky gut we can assume that they have a overly stimulated and weakened immune system generally when people come to see me they're or they would like to lose some body weight same thing with you, right? There's pretty much everyone like, would like to lose 10 to 15 pounds generally. And generally people want to just fix their diet, get a better understanding of diet. But the main, like I said, the main underlying issue is hyperpermeability of the gut. So leaky gut, and then obviously a weakened and oversensitive immune system. And then things just go underneath that, like hormonal imbalance, autoimmune response, inflammation and so forth. So those are the main things, because like I said, if you can really calm down and relax the immune system and start to heal and seal the gut, then things just start to fix themselves automatically.
0: Absolutely. So with that being said, since you're the absolute expert, I wanted to sort of have it in your words and have you sort of talk through it, because I love when you explain this, but basically the connection between the gut and the immune system and why people with autoimmunity, the first thing they should really look into is, is fixing their gut, is healing the healing their, their gut yeah. and their microbiome. It, like if you want to go through that just a little bit, touch on it, because again, hearing from somebody else, I feel like a broken record sometimes. Go okay, so and
1: how many times has an individual gone to a doctor, practitioner, expert, specialist, and it was very difficult to in fact determine or diagnose that there was in fact an autoimmune condition. In fact, the statistic is correct me. I think that this is it generally it takes up to eight visits from seeing specialists to doctors, GPs, and so forth to finally get a diagnosis. Now. Yeah. How how long, what's the time between these visits of practitioners longer and longer these days. Yeah. Longer and longer these days. Yeah. So, from the initial request to see your GP to referral, referral, requisition, and so forth, that could easily take up to two years. And during that time, if you understand the compound effect, lifestyle, food, and so forth, you're really encouraging that autoimmune condition to develop more and more and get stronger and stronger. And yeah, sure. So they might be diagnosed, but they've, they probably had the autoimmune condition much longer before that even started. So I'll explain uh, as sort of visual without the video as much as I can with how leaky gut happens and how autoimmune condition happens. So first and foremost, understanding the function of the gut. The gut is basically two main functions. It allows nutrients to come into the body for the use of fuel and fuel that fuels our, our mind, our body, our muscles and so forth for building tissue. And it acts as a protective barrier to basically prevent things from entering in and invading into our bloodstream. So the gut has two functions, accepting and rejecting. When someone has leaky gut, that process has been compromised. There has been a compromisation of nutrients that are being malabsorbed or they're not being absorbed properly. They're sort of just escaping into the gut and then being eliminated through fecal matter. And then on the flip side, our body is absorbing things that don't belong. Toxins, uh, chemicals, artificial colors and sweeteners and so forth, environmental toxins that we're exposed to on a daily basis. So when those things are invading into our body, naturally, there's going to be an immune response, B cells, T cells, macrophages. And you know what? We're probably having a smarter, a little bit of a smarter audience because we're starting to hear these words on the mainstream news just a bit with. What's going on right now? To a right. degree, to a degree. Mm-hmm. So when you have these white blood cells, Doctor Tom uh, O'Brien, he calls them like the Navy SEALs, the Air Force, the Army, right? The Berets. All of these natural fighters, they naturally eliminate the things that don't belong, and they're doing a good job. And that's a natural immune response. What happens in the autoimmune sort of cascading problem is these food molecules sometimes mimic our own body tissue. And when these food molecules are invading into our bloodstream, our body gets a little confused and they start to attack those proteins and those molecules, those white blood cells, the the army, the Navy, they try to get rid of them. But at the same time, some of those molecules are very similar to our own body's tissue. And then those white blood cells, they attack our own tissue by accident. Probably one of the easiest examples would be someone with Hashimoto's, for example. So uh, thyroid disease. Women are more susceptible to thyroid conditions, Hashimoto's, than men. And they found, and and I can say this through my clinical practice, women who wear excessive makeup and women who wear or who dye their hair quite often, they found that some of these chemicals found in the hair dye and some of these chemicals found in the makeup are actually, these little molecules are very similar to the thyroid. So when we consume these products ongoing every day, our body wants to attack them and get rid of them, but through just natural, the body starts to attack the tissue by accident. And that is an autoimmune issue. Are we,
0: are we talking molecular mimicry?
1: That, that is molecular mimicry, basically, but I was thinking of a different word. So Taylor, for, for the audience that doesn't know what molecular mimicry is, basically food molecules that are similar to the body and those molecules. And the body just starts to attack those. And that is molecular mimicry. So that's why we don't want to be eating the same food over and over and over and over again, because our body starts to get familiar with it. And then we start to attack it. Right. So that's basically in short, how the autoimmune cascade happens.
0: Yeah. You know, I've talked in previous episodes about triggers, you know, food and toxins, environment and, and having in genetics that making up that whole thing. But what's interesting, and we just sort of touched on it, is that you know your lifestyle and the way you eat, the way you live, the, the things you wear, actually have a profound effect on your susceptibility to autoimmune. And I, I don't, I'm sure you've heard this. I hear this all the time: "Is well, my my sister had Hashimoto's, so there's a good chance that I'm going to have you know a hypothyroid, or you know my mom had MS, so now I'm super high risk. I'm probably just going to get it, mm-hmm. right? But but we know that I you know genetics are sort of like a dimmer switch, right? You have the ability to turn them up and down. And that's obviously what, what you're doing with your clients. And what we're trying to do is, is help that genetic susceptibility you have is sort of help people not fall down that slippery slope, right? Right. That's just it. So understanding genetics and understanding epigenetics,
1: epigenetics means that your genes either turn on or off or act as a dimmer switch according to their environment. So let me ask you a question. You probably you, you might know the answer because I've made this as a post. Where are the brains of the cell? The actual brains? That's an interesting question. So well, normally people would say it's in the nucleus, right? right. Where the where the DNA is. And that's what most mainstream medicine would say and they'll still continue to believe that and 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 say that with with the most passion, but it's actually the, the cell membrane and even the cytoplasm because it's a responsive organ and the cell membrane is actually, there's so many receptor sites all around the cell membrane and those receptor sites, again, same thing as your intestines, they either accept or reject other molecules and other, you know, other ingredients sort of thing. When the cell responds to its environment, Then inside that cell, naturally, it's going to respond accordingly to the environment. And that's epigenetics. Right. So it's funny because people think that the DNA is like the blueprint of the cell, but no, it's actually the environment that dictates how that cell is going to work and how those genes are going to express themselves, whether they're going to turn on or off. So someone that has maybe cardiovascular disease in their family health history just because everyone's died of a heart attack, it doesn't mean that that person is going to die of a heart attack. It means that could be susceptible, but genetics only play almost a 10% role. It does not mean that you're destined to that. Most family members and most kind of family history, they adopt what they've been taught. If all of those uncles and dads drank beer and chicken wings and they didn't live a healthy lifestyle, then sure, that boy or daughter might develop cardiovascular disease because of those habits. But if that person decides to work out every day and exercise and eat healthy
0: and detox and stay hydrated, they're not going to die of a heart attack. That's exactly the way that people can get some hope. And I think it needs to be talked about more, but it really isn't. You know, that being said, what are some things that if somebody is listening to this podcast, they might have a autoimmune condition? Maybe they have some bloating, or they ha- they're just looking to lose a little bit of weight, or maybe they legitimately are concerned about their health and want answers right away. What are some things that you generally recommend for people when they're just getting started in their their health journey? It's such a loaded question because it is. It's, yeah, I put you on the spot on that one. It's a little. There's loaded.
1: so many opinions, and there's so many options, and there's so many health experts drink celery juice for 30 days, drink bone broth for two weeks. You know, there's so many things and especially watching on Instagram, there's so many of these influencers that are pushing products and they're making these claims. And some of these tools might work. They might, right? How many times have people said, Oh, I take probiotics. Is that good? Well, yeah, sure. It's, it's good. I, what, I, else, what, what else are you doing?
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think you might have this too, is when, when you start talking about gut health, The first thing that comes to mind for people is, oh, should I be taking a probiotic? That's the first thing that comes to their brain because they think Mm -hmm. of gut bacteria, but that's about it. They don't really know why.
1: Well, and and bless them for thinking that. But like I said, there's, there's strategies and there's tools that we can implement that will help that. And a probiotic is certainly a tool, but I always use this analogy. When you're building a house and everything's being picked and so forth. Do you start painting the rooms and adding furniture when the foundation is still being built or do you wait? Yeah, that wouldn't make much sense, would it? Right. So of course you're going to wait. It's the same thing with your health. If you have a crummy foundation of health to begin with by taking a probiotic, is that really going to help? It might a tiny, 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 tiny little bit, but ultimately it's not. If you are eating just chicken and salad but you've got a crummy foundation. Is that going to help? Actually, it probably won't. Like there's people that gain weight off of eating just chicken and salad because the gut bugs are so imbalanced. And they've got all these fat storing pathogenic bacteria that are just feeding off of everything and pooping and then just causing more fat. Right. So there's, there's things that people are very easily confused by. So if I were to give anyone just some basic principles, I would say, learn, learn, what intermittent intermittent fasting really looks like give the digestive process a rest understand that the digestive process is the most caloric required body system even more than the heart a beating heart like your digestion needs more energy so feed your body with good energy so it can actually digest properly and with the fasting i always just say support the digestive process. Sometimes people just want to do one thing that like I say, you know what? Get some digestive enzymes. Do that. Right, because most times people are drinking water or drinking too much with their meals, they're not chewing properly, they're eating in a hurry, and the stomach doesn't have enough stomach acid, which means the pancreas is not going to be able to secrete and produce all those digestive enzymes. And therefore you're going to have undigested foods floating around in your small intestine and that's going to cause gas and so forth. So if you're going to do nothing, chew your food properly, every bite, 20, 20 chews, 25 chews. Actually, I say this and sometimes people are like, what, how does that make sense? And I say, chew your beverages, sip your foods. That means whatever you're, whatever you're drinking, just swish, swish it around, kind of like pretend you're chewing it. And when you're eating your foods, chew it so much that it turns into like applesauce. You can just kind of drink it. So by doing that, you're really going to break down all of those food molecules into the most smallest food molecules and they're easy to absorb. So do that and then take a digestive enzyme because those enzymes will help facilitate more digestion and they'll just help break down the foods even more. Those three simple things, believe it or not, can make a world of a difference for a lot of people that are suffering with GERD or chronic heartburn and gas and bloating.
0: When you're, you know, when your digestion improves, I think generally people start to see that it's connected to other things. You can probably attest to different symptoms around the body and actually it being so, an imbalance in gut microbiome or being some excess inflammation, maybe due to their diet. Or like you just said, and you introduced me to this, but not drinking water while you eat. And that was, uh, that was quite the game changer for myself and my wife, Sarah, who Sarah worked under your program and it helped her incredibly. Good information there. And I think people, you know, that are looking for to just get started. Intermittent fasting is a great, is a great tool. We talked about it in previous podcasts and I think, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning what it can do. How do you, do you use intermittent fasting currently? Yeah, I, I play with it. I, some days will
1: fast for a certain amount of time, whether it's 12 hours or 14 hours or 16 hours, and then I'll break that fast with a very significant, substantial meal. In order to kind of compensate for that time away from eating that time when you're fasting when you're staying away from food it's just your body isn't digesting anything so if you've got compromised digestion or if you've got some issues with your gut you're essentially letting that whole system rest for 12 hours or 16 hours or even longer and in most cases many people's digestive processes are completely fatigued already so they need to rest and intermittent fasting is an easy way to achieve that much needed rest for the system. And then if we really want to go in depth, if if someone is fasting properly longer than 16 hours, they're going to achieve autophagy and mitophagy. Autophagy is when basically your cells start to regenerate and they start to detoxify and eat up other cells. And then as you mentioned about mitochondria on a mitochondria level, mitochondria starts to speed up and improve the function of those cells and the rate of regeneration. So if someone has some issues or they've got some inflammation and they they need some healing going in a fasted state will certainly increase and promote cellular healing just because you're in that fasted state. So it's amazing what you can accomplish, but again, it's got to be done strategically. So a lot of people will throw the word fasting around or intermittent fasting, but they don't explain mitophagy and autophagy. So for anyone that is interested in learning more research, what those two words are, and then you'll have a better understanding of how to accomplish a fast or an intermittent fasting, uh, approach.
0: You know, the hot topic for a lot of people right now has been, well, there's always a diet, you know, you know that there's always a diet that's in that's trending and stuff. Uh, The keto diet seems to have been around for the last, you know, maybe six, seven years, something like that, but it's really hot today and carbs are getting a bad rep. And I think rightfully so in certain cases, what do you use for people that are suffering? You know, maybe they're trying to lose weight. Maybe they have some inflammation in their body. They might even be pre-diabetic. They might be, you know, insulin resistant. They might be, have some metabolic challenges. What do you recommend in terms of carbohydrates? Like, is it a good thing? Is it bad thing? What's your take on that?
1: So, yeah, you just basically said everything that someone has, it's called syndrome X or metabolic syndrome. And the same thing, if someone has excessive body fat, elevated triglycerides, elevated blood sugar, insulin sensitivity, when someone has that, yeah, all of those, they're going to have some conditions. So when I'm working with individuals following a successful two or three or four or five day detox, where we've completely eliminated all foods and we just drink juices, believe it or not. It's funny when I worked in both clinics, when I, when I presented my protocol at the rehab centers, the doctors and the the presidents and the boards are like, we can't do this. They're going to starve to death. I'm like, no, no, they're going to achieve a fast and they're going to get nutrients. They're going to get actually quite fulfilled with the juices, but at the same time, they're going to help facilitate the detox and all that stuff. And it was funny at the beginning because these doctors didn't know anything about juice cleanses. So anyways, I I digress (laughs) a little bit, but following that, We've got to understand that when if someone's fat or overweight or they've got issues, we can assume a they've got leaky gut. We can also assume that they're gonna have some imbalance of gut microbiome, so like bad bugs over good bugs. We can also assume that there's gonna be some growth of some yeast that's also known as candida. Sometimes we can even assume that there might be even some some parasites, some bugs that don't belong, and all of those. Things like the yeast and the candida, and even the parasites, they feed off of carbohydrates, they feed off of sugar. Right. So, because we've essentially starved the body for a few days during a detox, why not continue that process and starve the yeast, starve the candida, starve those bugs further to essentially kill them off? How do you accomplish that? You eliminate carbohydrates and sugars for a certain amount of time. And that is why, or that's when carbohydrates should be avoided. And that's when it can be strategically used in a diet and lifestyle is just get rid of those carbs, kill off the bugs, kill off that candida, help with your body's ability to utilize and produce insulin and use it properly. And then following that, that's when we can strategically reintroduce carbohydrates. But all in that time, a ketogenic approach is very, very healthy. Uh, It's very rare that I see anyone that can't handle a ketogenic style approach. So ketogenic, good quality proteins, lots of good, healthy fats and vegetables, diverse, but just easy to digest vegetables. Sometimes broccoli and Brussels sprouts, they're quite high in goitrogens. And sometimes those cause gas, onions, garlic, sometimes even carrots, sometimes root vegetables. So you just individuals need to get an understanding of what lectins are. This is one of my favorite books as a reference. Where is it? you going for? Yeah, Plant, Plant Paradox. paradox. Yeah. yeah. So it's doc- Dr. Gundry's work because not a lot of people know what lectins are. And lectins are basically the plant's natural chemical defense system to prevent them from getting eaten by their predators. So that's a lectin. And right. some of these lectins can be so powerful, they can render their predator paralyzed for a couple hours. Yeah. So that, so, but that's in the, obviously in the insect and the animal kingdom. So when mammals, humans, eat these lectins, our body's able to metabolize them a lot more efficiently. But if you continuously eat lectins over and over and over and over and over again, according to Dr. Stephen Gundry, he believes that it will lead to an autoimmune condition. And obviously prior to that, a whole
0: medley of digestive issues. It's interesting you say that because I read that book and immediately I thought, holy smokes, this guy is going really hard against plants. But the truth is he's actually very pro- vegetable he's very pro plant it's just knowing what a plant and its seeds and its lectins can do to your body and Mm -hmm. that's huge that that was absolutely freaking game-changing for me you know it's worth noting lectins are are something to be wary of do you uh you know because there's there's all kinds of diets there's the vegans there's carnivore you know, there's all, all sorts of things. What, what do you feel in terms of this, this wave of people saying, eat this, don't eat that? For example, the, the carnivore protocol, because you've had, you know, in your group, you've had Dr. Sean Baker on, who is a big proponent of an animal, a meat-based diet. Uh, there's, there's actually research that's come out now proving what the carnivore, what a meat-based protocol can do to people that are suffering from autoimmunity and diabetes, for example. What, what's your take on that? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Uh, I am a big advocate on going back to our ancestral eating habits. What did our ancestors eat? They ate predominantly meat and they ate vegetables and seeds and and so forth. It's funny, just going to go back a little bit, but that's one of the challenges that vegans and vegetarians are faced with because they're eating such high lectin foods. A lot of those lectin plant sources are high in plant protein. So it's funny a lot of vegetarians won't acknowledge that they're bloating all the time. and They've got excessive gas all the time. And again, many, many vegetarians make that switch back into eating meat because of the long term ramifications of eating plants and really lectins are actually anti-nutrients. So a lot of the times, if you consume these lectins are actually going to pull nutrients from your body, going back to meat. One of the things that I really try to emphasize and I teach and I try to break the stigma is we've been told that meat rots in the gut. And so many people have been been told that, but that's not the case. Meat does not rot in the gut. Meat rots in the gut when it's complemented with other food. So other ingredients, fruit, for example, is a bad one. Melons are a bad one. Various carbohydrates and vegetables are bad combinations that go along with meat. They don't belong. So when you have that combination happening, there's definitely some... Putrefication and some rancidity happening that's coming along with that meat but people make the connection they think that it's the meat they don't think that it's the other ingredients
0: so there's one study that dr baker referenced in his book kind of our diet great book brendan uh, always has he's got yeah. a plethora of books in his library all the time <laughs> so he's, he's referencing things constantly
1: <laughs> yeah so the information that i'm spewing out it's actually from these experts here not just i'm just uh you know
0: yeah. These are real people telling you these things. This is yeah. just made up, right?
1: No. So one of the studies that he references, he, the, the study it was a three-part study with a control group. Those, the control group had colostomy bags and it was a group of vegetarians, exclusive people that consumed meat and vegetables and just meat eating only. And in the group, they found that those with the exclusive meat diet, the colostomy bags were essentially empty. There was very little waste, whereas those with the meat and vegetables, and just the vegetables only, the colostomy bags were essentially full. So, what does that say? That that says that the body is able to absorb and utilize protein much more efficiently on its own than it is with other plants and vegetables. So it's just int- it, it, it really is. It, it's just interesting because it goes against the Western narrative. And ultimately, if you're being told to do something nutritionally from a doctor or the news or the media, I would probably do the opposite. And I'm not giving medical advice. Don't don't misconstrue that. You know, are you taking advice from someone who's overweight and who's stressed and who doesn't look like a picture of health? Or are you taking advice from, you know, a handsome guy like Taylor or someone like me who actually walk the walk and talk the talk?
0: That's an interesting statement as well. And I forget who it was. It might've been Dr. Tom O'Brien. Somebody mentioned though, that in, in medicine, you know, doctors in, in Western society, when they, you know, they, when they become physicians or whatever they, they get, basically they have such minimal, they have such minimal education on the foundations of nutrition.
1: Eight to 12 hours in modern medicine med school right now is designated
0: for nutrition. Eight to 12 hours. And how long typically is the average person in med school for? (laughs) Eight to 12 years. (laughs) Okay. So if we did the math, we're looking at, you know, 0.0000% of the time spent on nutrition. And we now have made that connection. If you are following along this podcast of what you eat, actually having a huge profound impact on your overall health. So here we are connecting some serious dots. So I think we're making progress. (laughs) You guys are listening here. Brendan, tell me about about what you're up to these days. I'm still hot and heavy with my schooling. Uh, I am one of those individuals
1: that is working towards my doctorate, but it is not a doctorate in Western medicine. It is a doctorate in ongoing holistic nutrition and functional medicine. So I've got a couple more years left with that. I'm just wrapping up another degree right now. I'm just starting my dissertation, which is really exciting. In a clinical setting, I'm working with individuals all online. So I closed my office a couple of years ago due to COVID. Unfortunately, because I was really starting to grow and I loved being able to see people, but with the times I was able to evolve and just go back to online and business is busier than ever. My main bread and butter is I've kind of streamlined my practice and I've turned it into sort of somewhat of a program where I've just worked with individuals, whether it's in a group setting or individuals one-on-one, and I've called it a 45 day gut reset. It's kind of actually a, a graduation from the book that I wrote, 30 day challenge. So I wrote this I made a post actually yesterday, I wrote this almost four years ago, and it's still great. People are buying it on Amazon and it's helping a lot of people, but I've evolved since then because this was predominantly just nutrition and fitness strategies where now I've gone into more specific gut health. So yeah, I work with people, reset their guts, fix their digestive issues. I was a sufferer of chronic and, well, not so much chronic, but it was more so acute Gas bloating. It was horrible. I remember one time I was in the States watching a NASCAR event. And after the event, we're at like a street festival. And I literally wanted to walk into every store and use the washroom. I didn't know if I needed to shit or or burp or fart. Like it was just horrible. Literally felt like I had fireworks in a swamp in my stomach.
0: Were you at the were you at a NASCAR race? Yeah. I was in, in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I oh yeah. I used to go to Michigan with my friends as well. We used to have a really good time. But as you know, there's like, you're eating street meat and frozen food. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that was the, the, the straw that broke the
1: camel's back in terms of all of a sudden it was just like, my body was like, okay, no more. You can't do this anymore. And uh, I came back and I, I sought out my mentor and friend, Dr. Nandor Bajus, and he put me on a gut reset protocol. And I wanted to touch, you were talking about allergies earlier. I, when I was living in, in, I used to live in the Caribbean and when I moved back, I was just hit with horrible allergies and it was around the same time with that NASCAR event. So when we did the gut reset and I was changing my stomach's abilities to digest and really managing the gas and the bloating, my allergies went away miraculously, no mm-hmm. more, no more runny nose, no more watery eyes. And naturally it just, it, it, it happened that way because my immune system was getting rest and my digestion was fixing and so because of that, my immune system was able to process and sort of eliminate those environmental toxins naturally. And as a result, my allergies went away. So isn't was, that incredible? Yeah, a really cool story that I was able to do that. And since then, I've been in school ever since it's been almost 10 years and just working with individuals and in all sorts of capacities, children with autism and ADHD and senior citizens and athletes. It's been great, but I always start with the gut. And it's, it starts with a detox. And then each week by week by week, we reintroduce foods properly, healthily, you know, easy to digest foods with some basic supplements. And then before you know it, they're walking around with a
0: new stomach and a new gut. That's really what the, the average person is, is really looking for is a system that works. It's going to help them get off their feet and get moving and get their lives back. People come to me, same thing with problems. You know, I have this pain daily. I have this bloating, I'm overweight, I'm not comfortable, I have depression, I have anxiety. I'm sure you can attest to relating all this to, you know, diet, lifestyle, exposures, just a mix epigenetics, like you mentioned earlier, a mix of these things that's from the day you were born, essentially up until today, right? I mean, it's pretty much everything you've been through.
1: Well, and that's why you've evolved yourself from personal training and now getting into the functional medicine, getting into the autoimmune, because now you can help people even more with simple simple steps simple fundamental steps so not only can you complement your physical training and you know get their bodies right but now it's on an internal level through simple nutritional strategies it's amazing what simple changes can do it's i always my dad used to say base hits well and everyone says it base hits win ball games
0: that's so true you can't when you're working with somebody you can't tell them that okay you're going to do this 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 and this and you're going to feel good in a week who's going to who's going to get results that way yeah. You know, you know, what it's, nobody's going to get results that way. They, we really got to start at a, a level that is attainable. And that you mentioned at the very beginning of this educating people, right? You just said, you know, that that is like, they need to know what they're, they need to know why eating diet or drinking diet Coke can actually make them fat, can actually, actually promote insulin resistance. Like they need to know why, because if they don't know why, then what's, what's going to stop them from stopping what this has done for them and, and continuing on their old habits. Sure.
1: And when someone says, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight, I drink three coffees a day, I have a muffin and a small dinner when I get home. And that's it. Yeah, we, we know why. But yeah. most people don't know why. And that takes education. And when that person, and I, I'm certain someone on that in your audience is going to hear that. And they're like, Oh, wow, that's me. Or I, I know someone that lives that way. If they're taught the right mechanics and tools, and what's happening on an internal level, they're like, I can never do that ever again, because now I know why my body is actually storing fat and why I'm super stressed and why I don't have any, any, any energy and why I can't sleep at the same time. So
0: and why, and why, you know, not being outside, you know, just generally not being outside is causing people to be stressed out, anxious, sure. tired, all these things. I think, you know, when we did your program, one of the things that was really important for us that you mentioned was get direct sunlight. Uh, That was, that was game changing for me because I've always been a fan of, of direct sunlight, but I never, I never really appreciated it and what it does for the body until I started actually recognizing the sun. So when you go outside, not just being outside, but actually gazing and absorbing that sunlight and allowing it to promote this anti-inflammation, give us real energy, you know, restore our hormonal balance, things like that, that we, you know, no one talks about it. And you mentioned it to me and it was like, yeah, boom, that's great right? Yeah. Yeah. The sunshine is we need it because it helps convert
1: so many things in our bodies into other hormones and so forth and the cholesterol and the vitamin D. So yeah, just that's why we need vitamin D in the wintertime. It's really, really important because we're not getting it from the sun, but even so we can, we can still achieve it from the sun. You just got to get out there. Absolutely.
0: So you and I met through, well, we met through Sarah, but Sarah introduced me to this brand called Organo Mm -hmm. and Organo is a company and they make coffee, and their coffee changed my life. Actually, I would attribute meeting you and drinking this coffee to basically bring me to where I am today. Because when I started studying the Ganoderma lucida mushroom and the health benefits of, because basically this is a a coffee that is infused with the Ganoderma reishi mushroom, which is a super healing superfood. And if you don't know about Ganoderma and reishi, uh, I would suggest looking it up because it made me basically dive into the world of of getting healthier and how to do that naturally. And really how, you know, like the things we put in our body really matter. Do you want to touch on, on that coffee for me? Because I have some of my, some of my listeners already drink Organo and they freaking love it. And others are, are, have asked me about it numerous times. I had a client ask me today for some.
1: My first mentor is Dr. Nandor Bajus. He is a functional medicine expert. He wrote his master's thesis on leaky gut 25 years ago, and he has been taught by some of the world's experts. One of his mentors is Dr. Bob Rakowski, who is a, also a functional medicine complete expert. In fact, he travels the world to teach other doctors about functional medicine and orthomolecular medicine. And he's on the board of directors for Organo Gold. And Organo Gold is a company, just as you mentioned, that makes healthy coffee infused with reishi mushroom. Quite simple, but not really. The process is really, really fascinating, and they've they've really cornered the market with a superior beverage of coffee that doesn't taste like mushroom soup and it's healthy. And it's so healthy that people are seeing dramatic changes with their body systems all over the world. And Dr. Bob and myself and many, many practitioners, we try to get our clients to stop drinking coffee because there's so many negative things that are associated with coffee. Conventional coffee is sprayed with more than 200 pounds of commercial pesticides and, and herbicides and, and so forth. Now, some believe that it gets roasted up in the process, but others don't. And I, I am one. I don't believe that those chemicals get roasted away. In addition to that conventional coffee, you're drinking it mostly in a takeaway cup. And there's you're drinking these phthalates and these chemicals and every sip. Remember, we were talking about molecular mimicry. Yes. Well, there's molecules in chemicals and pesticides, and there's also molecules in plastics that resemble estrogen. And when you consume these things, our body naturally absorbs them, thinking that they are estrogen. And they render both men and women estrogen dominant. And we don't want all of those estrogens. We want to detoxify and convert those estrogens. Conventional coffee is riddled with xenoestrogens. And again, it's acidic, it's a diuretic, it completely halts digestion. If you can consume a healthier coffee, one that's infused with a superfood, one that can facilitate detoxification, one that can actually calm down the central nervous system, one that can actually help cross the blood brain barrier, one that can facilitate a conversion something called GABA into glutamate. So GABA is an excitatory hormone in our brain. It's a neurotransmitter. Reishi mushroom has the ability to convert that excitatory hormone into a calming hormone, which is called or sorry, I said glutamate glutamate is that excitatory neurotransmitter and GABA is the relaxing
0: glutamate to GABA. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So all of these things are, 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 associated with reishi coffee or reishi, the mushroom. So what they've done is they've infused this coffee with a healthy reishi mushroom, a therapeutic dose of reishi in every cup. And so me as a practitioner, Dr. Bob, as a practitioner, Dr. Nandor as a practitioner and many, many other practitioners, it's such an easy fix or it's an easy upgrade. So sometimes our clients won't do anything, but if we can get them to change their coffee, then they're going to start to see improvements. And just as you said, your life really changed when you started to make that upgrade to the organo coffee. And then things just started to present themselves and transpire and grow and expand. So that's what, that's what this coffee is. I get all my clients to drink the coffee. I put it in their program and the protocol people are seeing huge, huge changes. And it's, it's simple because it's a cup of coffee, but at the same time, it's not, it's not just a cup of coffee. It, and it's on a business level, the moment that I got into the business, everything expanded, everything grew, everything got better The relationships that we've made and the things that I've learned. It's really incredible. It's, I'm so happy that I found myself with uh with this company and with this coffee you know for
0: me on a personal level i i've i have a, i'm a coffee snob so for those listening if you're a client of mine you you would know that i'm always always drinking coffee i'm a
1: i love one of your t-shirts it says it's a big picture on your instagram and you look like just a beast and it says coffee and kilos
0: caffeine and kilos yeah oh yeah
1: ca- yeah yeah
0: they're yeah they're a brand they're an athletic brand actually and they they do make their own coffee however yeah. It's not organo coffee. And the reason I made that switch, Sarah forced me to. And I said, look, like I'm used to having my Starbucks, my Keurig. Right. Uh, you know, Tim Horton's in a push when I'm in a, sure. in a push. But, sure. but I don't want to change coffee. But I did. I changed to an instant coffee. First of yeah. all, so much more convenient. Second of all, my digestion improved. My brain's functioning better. I actually up my coffee to three a day from two uh, because I don't get the caffeine jitters there's something about it that actually helps calm my brain and helps me focus. Well, it turns out that it's the Ganoderma lucidum that's actually helping promote that, that turning that glutamate to GABA and helping my brain function better. It's basically like upgrading your, your software. It's crazy. It's just in coffee. So it sure is. Love, love it. Love that. And, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about what else you're doing? Cause you have some supplements. Yeah. My, my man up is pretty cool. Actually. It's, it's funny that
1: you mentioned that it's, one of the coffees that Organo makes, it's called Supreme, and they've infused it with. In addition to the reishi, they've also infused it with a Malaysian ginseng. ginseng and it's called Tonkat Ali, and if you translate that from Malay to English, it actually means wooden stick. And here's why: because Tonkat Ali has been proven clinically, scientifically, to actually help with fertility and libido and sex drive. So this cup of coffee a lot of men are drinking it and they're actually seeing somewhat of an increase of their overall sex drive and performance and energy. When I was studying pharmacognosy, which is the study of anatomy and molecular buildup of plants, I learned about Tonkat Ali. And I also learned about something called Shilajit. And that's a moss from the Himalayan mountains. And I learned that that also increases fertility in both men and women. It increases vigor, sex drive, decreases cortisol. And I was thinking to myself, man, these two things seem to be like a real powerhouse. And actually they increase testosterone, both of them. So I wonder if I could combine them together. So then I was doing some research and one of my suppliers has a lab and they agreed to combine them together. And then I don't have a bottle with me, but that's how man up came about. So my first ever product that I own that my own formula, it's called man up and I sell it for men and women and it helps with sex drives, helps with fertility, energy, fat metabolism. So I do, it's pretty, I'm pretty proud. I've had it for almost two years and I keep on selling out every time I get an order in.
0: I've been on that supplement and I, I can attest that it, it works. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's it's just the two simple ingredients, right? Shilajit and Tonkat Ali. Yeah. Is- no fillers, no binders, no nothing. Just two simple ingredients. When we we were introduced to each other, you know, digestive enzymes were a big thing when I was resetting my gut and sort of figuring out the right path for me, you got a whole lot of supplements available. And also, you also have quite the Instagram following quite the social media presence. And you're always sharing information. Just before I wrap this up, uh, how can people get in touch with you if they're looking to reach sure. out?
1: Sure. So the easiest would be my Instagram, Brendan, M a coats. So B R E N D A N M a coats. I'm trying to get the gut whisperer out of set a few requests but there's these two people that are they're delinquent accounts like they're not even existent but they've taken the name so i'm working uh, on that i'm working on that with instagram to get that so but either instagram is my easiest where they can email me at info at perfect
0: and before we go uh, you're my first guest so i'm going to ask you a question on the spot and my sure. question on the spot for you is what is your favorite meal
1: oh tacos hands down nice Nice. The reason why I like tacos so much is because uh I like multiple flavors each bite. So it's like a it's like a party in my mouth every bite. You know, you've got the beef or the chicken and you've got these all sorts of avocados and different spices and seasonings and you know, lettuce and tomatoes. So tacos are my go-to. It's my favorite favorite meal of all time.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, we love tacos at home too. We experiment with all kinds of like varieties of them as well. Sure. So. Really cool. We do uh, low lectin tacos, So we use a cassava cassava shell actually. Yeah. Really cool. Do- Dr. Gundry. I think he was the one that, that to recommended it. and uh, Yeah. So we love, we love tacos too.
1: I also like to do sometimes the just, and you've done them before. I know you have is just the romaine lettuce as a taco shell, right? So it's just, yeah. A,
0: yeah. It's, it's yeah. always, always a good time when you can mix food and enjoy it and it's not going to make you worse off. Right. Sure. Absolutely. All right, Brendan, uh, again, big thank you for coming on. You're guest number one, so you cool. have that title now. That's pretty cool.
1: Thanks so much. I, it, it's an, it, I'm, I'm really honored. Thank you so much.
0: For those of you looking to reach out to Brendan, again, he's, he's on Instagram, Brendan M.A. Coates. Check out his stuff, and he's got a lot going on. All thank right. You. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Let's keep fighting that good fight.